you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Julian Goldie, and he is joining me all the way from Bangkok. Welcome to the show, Julian. Hello there. Thanks very much for having me on. Excellent. And Julian, super excited to talk with you today. I did a, a webinar last night with SEM Rush around hiring and recruitment and stuff. Uh, and I'm super excited to talk a little bit in that direction with you as well in terms of really hiring lots of freelancers and contractors and stuff. But before we get into all the good stuff, would you mind sharing to those in the audience who don't yet know who you are a little bit about your background and how you ended up where you are today? Sure. So I run a link building agency, an SEO link building agency, and basically I, I build backlinks to help clients rank higher on Google. So I've been doing that for the last five years and trying to scale the company. I work with 60 clients right now all across the world. And yeah, I just, I'm, I'm the link building guy. I just focus on backlinks <laughs> and uh, yeah, just built a team around that and, you know, focus on scaling the agency and growing as a service excellent excellent and uh, one of my favorite questions i'll just start out with it is what's the most challenging management thing you've faced so far so what's what's sort of the the management thing that have challenged you the most in your business career so far Mm, that's a good question so personally i would say you know when i started off working online you know, a few years, we're going back a few years here now. I, you know, I came from that like Tim Ferriss mindset of like hiring VAs from, you know, hiring the cheapest VAs, hiring them on like cheap hourly contracts and trying to focus on just getting the biggest margin possible. And I think the biggest issue really I've found as a business or the big le- biggest lesson I've learned is that if you can hire two arms or you can hire someone with a brain as well, you know, like if you want someone who's proactive, who thinks for themselves, who has some form of critical thinking, which I really need, think you need within the business, if you're going to scale and if you're going to free up your own time, then you can't just hire the cheapest every time. Like you've got to, You've got to be uh, usually paying more pays off in the long run, especially with hiring a team, with getting talent on your team and attracting the best candidates as well. So it's been a big learning curve for me. <laughs> Definitely makes sense. Makes sense. So yeah, I, I will say one of the things I've found is that again, like it definitely makes a bit difference with salary. But also in many cases, it doesn't. And what I mean with that is you can find many great people in many interesting places where salary is not necessarily the main thing, right? So again, like, so we, we have a big outsourcing company in the Philippines and, and, you know, I've hired some of the best people I've ever worked with in that business. Um, nice. And again, I've had probably some of the worst as well. Um, so it's not always a question of, you know, 
salary per se, but I think more like at least what I focus the most on is having a, a very, very solid recruitment process, right? Because if you have a recruitment process that is super solid, that makes the rest of your life significantly easier, right? Um, and I think, I think particularly learning recruitment is definitely something that I, yeah, it's probably the most valuable thing uh, I've, I've done as a business owner. And uh, I used to work corporate where we did a lot of recruitment, but I think it really makes the biggest difference of anything. So. That's interesting. You know, I actually used to work in recruitment. That's how I started off my career when I was, uh, you know, the, the first five or six years of my career, I was yeah. working at recruitment agencies doing marketing for them. Nice. And I said, a really crazy industry. Do you, I don't know if you, you worked in that previously, but yeah. I've, I've worked not, not in recruitment per se, but I've worked with a lot of the big, in the UK, a lot of big recruitment companies and so on, mm. uh, like Manpower and the like. So I used to work ah, with nice, I, yeah. IBM and Xerox and big big organizations like that. And, and most of those were, were using third-party suppliers. Um, for that Especially in the UK. But yeah, that's a really good point. I think, yeah. you know, having a good recruitment process, probably another thing that I need to improve and work on. But You've I, given me I some homework there. It's not just the recruitment process, but it's just as much the, the, the whole process around recruitment, because what, what tends to happen in many, many businesses is that, you know, recruitment is often an afterthought mm. instead of the main thing. All right. And a lot of successful recruitment, in my experience, is about like hiring the right people, and it's about um, it's about having solid training and having solid uh, workflow processes and the likes, right? Because reality Absolutely. is that if you train really well, then you just give yourself so much better chances, right? Yeah, and and you know, touching on processes, that's what I tend to find as well. Is like if you if you have good like SOPs in place, if you have good processes that people can easily follow, that really helps. Like for us, just creating like a, we have, we have a database of SOPs for like almost every single process in the business. It gets repeated more than say, you know, once or twice a week, we, we create a process in place for it. And yeah. it just makes everyone's life easier because someone might know it now, but they forget it in a couple of weeks or, you know, as humans, we just, we change things slightly or forget things as we go along. So yeah, yeah. having SOPs and good processes in place is really work, really useful. I, I read a book recently that was saying, try and optimize for processes, not people. Like, yeah. you know. And, and then I totally agree with that. Um, I think a lot of the time, um, it, it, it can be a little bit difficult situation when, um, when you like because the, the biggest problem many companies have is they go too broad so they start providing like a ton of services right so you've started out in a relatively narrow field so the amount of processes you have is not so yeah. much and, and in my experience that's the right way to do it if you want to be successful right because otherwise the main challenge you have is that it's going to take so much time and effort to actually effectively document everything that oh, it's, it's, it can it can get scary especially it's, it's difficult to keep it up to date and so on right so that's yeah that, that that's really my my sort of key experience with that 
Um, Absolutely. But, yeah, yeah. but I think fundamentally, I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in processes and I'm, I'm a big believer in also like solid training flows. Like when you bring someone new into your business, mm. you need to have a very, very clear system of what you're going to do with them, how you will train them uh, and so on and so forth. Right. So that's for, for me, that's so critical and so essential that um, getting that right, just you, you can have. Uh, let's call it less good people if you have the right systems in place, right? Yeah, so true. So true, yeah. I think as well, when you take them on, it's like not just the processes, but also the culture that you have to introduce them to as well, exactly. right? Like, yeah. you know, my business, we always, and like most businesses, you're always trying to improve. You're trying to continually move forward and, and do things better than we were doing it previously. But sometimes you take someone on and then not used to thinking about that work or even in life so yeah it's it's a big there's a there's a a lot of education to be done once someone first comes onto the team and onto the business so in in terms of processes what how do you deal with that like what what sort of systems do you use and so on so for us I mean, I try and keep it as simple as possible, honestly. Like when it comes to processes, it's like we store most processes just as an SOP in a really simple document on like Google Docs. And it's literally like step-by-step instructions on how to do each process. So like, for example, as an agency, we do a lot of outreach. We, We send a lot of cold emails as a business. So like we use certain tools for that. And we have an SOP for every tool that you use in the process. And it's like, right, step one, do this, step one, two, do that. And literally it's to the point where if you follow this, if you just follow the instructions, you can't go wrong. Like there's very little um, thinking involved or very, very, sub, very little subject, subjective thinking involved, you know, um, because as well, we're not just designing the process to work, and to be implemented effectively, but also to save time, to be productive and and to make sure that we're not wasting time by, by missing steps in the process. I mean, for example, we have prospecting spreadsheets on Google Sheets, for example, where we, we take like a list of all the prospects we're gonna reach out to via cold email. And this needs to be like filtered, chopped up. All these reports are like imported in and it can get quite messy if you were doing that manually yourself. So what we did was try to design a process that was efficient as possible by creating macros, by creating keyboard shortcuts, and then someone can just quickly go down the list, right? Boom, do this, press F1, do that, etc. cetera. Yeah. Um, and then it's literally, it's just, I, I remember creating my first SOP and I must've created about a hundred since. So like looking back, you just make little steps, step by step. I would say, yeah. yeah. Move forward every time. Yeah, and that's. Uh, I think that's probably the number one for me as well. Where, where basically you, you have to make sure that there's a sort of a solid, a solid framework around how you do it, right? Because as yeah. as soon as you have a solid framework for that, um, like my 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 number one thing is get other people to do it as fast as I possibly can. So. I, I want to be like as a business owner, you want to be doing SOPs as little as you possibly yeah. possibly can. Right? Yeah, so. that's true. And the other thing is as well. I mean, we also have a lot of people from the Philippines 
so we have like these some of these SOPs are in Tagalog, like their language. I don't know if yeah. I pronounced that correctly, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like it's just quicker and easier to onboard some of the employees when they come on. So we translate some of the instructions. Yeah. And that was we have like a for each team we have a project manager in place who like creates the processes, onboards people shows them right this is where you find this SOP this is where you find everything that sort of thing. but um, at the same time there's still I've there's still have plenty to improve yeah <laughs> and it I mean I'm curious actually how you know as a business when you expand how do you keep everything organized in terms of processes and making sure that things are up to date do you have any tips for that yeah I think I mean for, for, for me the, the whole thing particularly in the big pictures, is really making sure that you build a framework that you as a business owner is not responsible for. Because in, in the end of the day, what tends to happen is that, again, as a business owner, you end up in so many situations where you're needed, right? And you really quickly get to a point where there's too much to do, right? Yeah. And when you're trying to consistently do it all yourself, you end up in a very difficult situation, right? Oh, there's no way. I literally, if if I didn't have the team, the business wouldn't work. You know, like right. you, it's at that point, yeah, yeah. And like you say, I mean, actually I said to a friend the other day, like anything that takes longer than five or 10 minutes, I try and outsource. Yeah. They were like, no, you should, you should be doing everything that takes longer than two minutes. <laughs> you know? no, no, so the, the, the whole thing, and, and basically the way you develop and grow a business is, is, is a very, very simple process, right? Because mm. fundamentally, it's, it's, it, it's all about growing the value of what you do on an hourly basis. So if you're doing a task that someone else could be doing for 10 bucks an hour, well, if you're paid... You know, I hope you're paid more than that or you, the value to your, your business is significantly more than that. And if that is the case, then again, that is the right time and period to actually outsource the work, right? So yeah, I think absolutely. that's, for me, that's probably the most critical aspect of where I constantly see people go uh, very, very wrong, right? Ah, because they're, they're, they're often very, very busy focusing on, oh, this is important and that is important and this is good for this. And, uh, but but they, they don't understand that the number one critical aspect of all of this stuff is very simply understanding the value of what you're doing and really getting correct what, um, getting correct the, the, your input as a business owner to the entire process, right? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Like, even things outside of business, I, I try and outsource almost everything in that situation as well. Like uh, even the basics, like cleaning, ordering food, um, social media, like I try and outsource all of that because I just want as little friction as possible in, to, to move as quickly as possible in, in life and in business. Yeah, definitely. And, and for, for me, that's one of the, that's one of the best signs of being a, a solid entrepreneur because reality is that, I mean, I, I used to do it when I worked corporate. So I, I used to work for IBM and I would typically take a taxi to and from work every day. And now I did that because it saved me a certain amount of time that 
Otherwise, you know, I would have spent doing other things. And reality is that for me, that was just a much, much better investment, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Again, that is where most people tend to go wrong because they, they're so focused on, oh, you know, I can, or like, I see it all the time. Like you'd be standing in a supermarket somewhere and then someone's like, oh, you know, I can save four bucks by going and complaining that this product was uh, not, I don't know what was wrong, but, but, you know, it, it could be a whole host of things, but, but basically people, people don't value their own time appropriately. And that basically end up in situations where they, uh, they then end up doing a bunch of stuff for no reason and for little impact. Oh, I see. Yeah. I, I see that so much. Like people, you know, like they'll go out of their way, even business owners. I you know, a lot of friends in Bangkok who, who own businesses and sometimes like they go out of their way to negotiate stuff or to complain about stuff just to save a tiny bit extra of money when they could, you know, just forget about it, move on and focus on something a lot more productive for the business. You know, I feel like if you're not like for me with what I spend my time on these days is just building processes and building systems and, and creating those so that I know right every hour I spent now is going to save me 50 or a hundred hours in the future. So what about specifically when, when we talk about, so a lot of people is they're hiring like freelancers and they're hiring, you know, various people. So what, what's been your sort of main, main learning points in terms of working with people that are not like full-time employees or part-time employees per se? So many things really. So for example, you've got to be careful to incentivize them in the right way, because if like, if you're, a client of theirs, say, let's say they're a freelancer, for example, and they're working with multiple clients. You want to try and be like one of the best clients, because if not, very quickly, they're just going to switch to those other clients that they prefer working with. And you're not going to see much of them again. And all that time you spent training them or bringing them on board, it's going to be wasted. So like retaining them has been a big learning curve. I would also say like, Giving them, you know, like when free, when you work with freelancers or contractors, like you say before, like it's not necessarily about the money or the salary or how much they're earning. A big part of their motivation comes down to like the freedom that you give them. And you don't want to be that client that's like managing them and, and sort of breathing down their neck and, and checking on their work every five minutes. Like they're a freelancer for a reason. They love that lifestyle. They love the lifestyle of like having the freedom and the flexibility to perform their work the best they can, but also to, to enjoy the lifestyle and enjoy their life. So you've really got to get that balance between managing them properly, but also giving them the trust and the freedom and the flexibility to do their job as well as they can and keep them motivated. Otherwise, they'll, you know, being freelancers, they can leave at any time. And if they're good, they've got plenty of options. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, I always find, so what, what I do generally around recruitment, I, I love hiring full-time people just because it, it gives, it's a different level of commitment. So I'm always, when I'm recruiting, I'm always looking and I'm always trying to see, you know, uh, 
is this role something where I can turn it into a full-time thing? Or is it a very specific skill set? So some of the very specific skill set that I would typically recruit would be things like um, a graphics designer or a video editor. So it might be something where, you know, I don't need a substantial amount on a consistent basis, yeah. but I will need enough for it to be, how do you say, for it to be to, to be difficult not to have it, right? So I, I'm looking for something and I could also be sometimes a web designer or something where I don't feel the need to have someone full-time in the team. And in that case, I will typically rather hire contractors just because I know I then get someone who's good at what they're doing. Whereas when I typically hire full-time staff, I'm more looking for, for people with a great attitude, mindset, and mentality, and you know, someone that really fits in the team. Where with contractors, that's a little bit less important for me because I'm looking to get a specific task or a specific thing done, right? So that's typically how I look at it and, and try and differentiate it. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, what we do for a lot of those tasks that don't require like a full-time job as well, we, we hire agencies, you know, like for example, might be like LinkedIn outreach or video editing, that sort of thing. We won't have someone full-time, but we'll have an agency that can come along, especially if there's creativity involved. You know, you need a fresh pair of eyes. You need yep. someone to come in, give you some new ideas that you're probably not getting from your team already. I found like, especially if, if you can get a productized service, it works really well. And it just, it, it saves so much time. And plus you don't need to train them then. You know? I don't yep. know what, what, I don't know if you work with any agencies or how you found freelancers versus agencies what's your experience been there yeah it, it, it totally depends on what it is if there's a specific task um so like stuff like for example link building that's probably a great example where typically for something like that i would go for an agency mm. primarily because they have a process and they're doing it if i need something that's a little bit more abstract like um yeah, like editing, for example, like video editing or the likes, then I would typically tend to go more with freelancers just because it's it's a very different skill set, right? And I really need, in, in those cases, I need someone who is really good at that particular skill set. And I, I still want to have a little bit more probably control over them is probably the right word. Um, which is why I find that a little bit more effective in those situations. But that, that's typically how I try and break it up. Um, and sometimes like for, for things where there's a specific outcome, I services are often great because, you know, things like LinkedIn outreach or things like, like very, very particular aspects. Very productized. Yeah. That, that yeah. productized services can be absolutely fantastic at those kind of things, right? Um, so yeah, that's, yeah, it, yeah, it can be super valuable the whole way around, for sure. The thing I like about freelancers as well is like, you can you can move really fast with them. You know, like you can find, especially if your business is growing quickly, like we take on a lot of clients every week and it's yeah. like, you know, we need to move fast sometimes, like really quickly. So getting freelancers in, it saves a lot of hassle for us. Um, Whereas, I don't know, like you said, your, your business is based in Philippines, right? 
I have, a, I have multiple, but but one of our companies is based in the Philippines, um, where we have a lot of staff. And I, I think, um, at, at least from our point of view, and my experience in general, again, like I love being recruiting all the time, right? So if I if I'm working with services or companies where you know there's a lot of recruitment involved, I really really tend to not just hire frequently, but also really looking at having a constant process for recruitment and for bringing people on board so that I don't end up in problems like you mentioned with uh, with not having enough staff or, or the likes, right? Because... Yeah, let's see. I mean, we, we try and like plan as early as possible now. Like if we don't need someone now, but we know, all right, in a month, two months, we're going to need them. Let's just get them on now because it will give our clients a much better experience and it will save us a lot of problems as well. Yeah. Totally, totally. And it is, it is one of those things where you, you can put yourself in a better situation to be ready. I think many entrepreneurs really shoot themselves in the foot because they, they get to a point where they aren't ready, right? And they're not ready for the growth. And yeah, I mean, that's, if you're not ready, you're, you're not necessarily killing your business per se, but you're just putting yourself into a very, very difficult situation when growth appears and when growth happens, right? So. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's, it's only going to hurt you if you're not proactive enough, if you're not planning ahead. Yeah. Definitely. So what about, what's your most, I mean, you, you've mentioned obviously uh, processes quite a bit, but what's your most sort of effective strategy for making sure that when you hire freelancers, they act to deliver? Well, I would say, number one, being very clear with what we expect from them in terms of deadlines, what they need to achieve. So for example, if we have a client that we need to build backlinks for, then all of our team are very aware of like, all right, here are the deadlines. Here's how many backlinks you need to build. It's very like, um, and, and every client has a, a person um, assigned to them you know, in terms of who's going to build the backlinks on the team. So for us, it's like being really clear of expectations, deadlines, try and get the work done earlier rather than later. And then recently what we've done as well is promoted one of the best candidates in our team who showed a lot of like leadership skills and put them as a project manager so that he's got the experience. He knows exactly what's expected of him and what's expected of his colleagues. And he can make sure, right, this week, we need John to do this, Gary to do that, etc. So just making sure that, okay, even if they're on freelance, even if maybe they're not part of the full-time working team, they're still delivering, they're still accountable, and they're still a crucial part of the business. So we need to make sure we, we explain that to them. And that, you know, there's, there's problems if they don't. <laughs> Makes sense, yeah. And again, like, do you always have very clear metrics and very clear deliverables to staff or do you have certain roles where you don't? Yeah, I mean, I try to keep it as simple as possible because as a team, if we keep expanding, we don't want to confuse them or, you know, like distract them with too many things to do. But basically we say there's two things we need to do for every single, no, three things, sorry, three things we need to do for every single client. So that's number one, hit the deadline. 
Number two, make sure we're providing results early that the client can see. And then number three, making sure the quality of work is as high as possible. Like we have certain metrics in place for quality and it's like, right, if you don't do those, we can see it, obviously, we can measure that. What's going on here? We need to fix the problem. And either it's us and we haven't communicated clearly enough or there's a bigger issue in the team. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. So, Makes sense. yeah. And um, yeah, I always found like that's the best way to to manage, especially the operations team. Like it's really easy to do that with link building or that sort of SEO service where you're, you're delivering something tangible and you can see it. You can even, you can see it on a spreadsheet like right, how many backlinks, how much they cost, what are the metrics like, you can easily measure that. But then also for example, I have a, a salesman in the team, I have an account manager and, and they go by different metrics, but again, we keep them simple. We make sure they know exactly what's expected of them. And we're measuring it every week. We can see easily, right? Are the numbers going up or are the numbers going down? Makes sense. Excellent. Well, I think that's very good, Julian. I think that's very good. Um, <laughs> yeah, anything else you want to share? Like any other resources or books or anything that you have really benefited from on the likes? Probably everyone talks about this book. I know a lot of my friends talk about it anyway, but um, Principles by Ray Dalio. Yeah. Like that literally totally changed, not just for recruiting and not just for the culture in the business, but completely changed my perspective on business. Like it was a game changer for me. Yeah. So actually it's a book I need to read again soon. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for that. That was a good one. Um, another book that I think we've mentioned on the podcast before. So that is uh, good to get it out there. So. Awesome. All right. Excellent. Came up with well, <laughs> thank you very much, Julian. It was awesome to have you. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me on. And to the audience, to the audience, thank you very much for staying with us here to the end. And we'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.